Welcome to the first episode of the new Chris Williams podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the trailer last week. Got all sorts of um, awesome feedback from it, so that that really meant a lot. We're going out on a little bit of a limb doing something like this, and um, to, to hear people say that they're excited about the project certainly meant a lot to me. So thank you very much for that. Um, we're not just going to talk about it, we're going to do it. And the first podcast here is uh, with a really long time and dear friend of mine, Lindsay Finnelly. She joins me on Cyclone Women's Basketball broadcast often, uh, but our relationship goes way deeper and well beyond that. And uh, we've um, worked through some stuff together in our life too. And we'll talk about that today. And hopefully you guys can take something from it. And yeah, that, I don't, I don't want to give too much more away. Uh, it was in Manhattan on Tuesday night. Lindsay and I got a couple of beers. We hooked up the equipment and we just talked. And today I'll let you guys listen in on that conversation. Uh, really focusing on mental health. Hopefully you guys can take something from it. And um, thank you for uh, thank you for downloading. Here is that um, conversation I had um, Tuesday night in Manhattan, Kansas with Lindsay Fennelly. What's up, guys? It is fairly late on Tuesday, February 25th. We are broadcasting from Manhattan, Kansas at some sort of, um, what's this hotel called? The Blue Mont Hotel. Never been. Nice spot. You've never been to this hotel no. in your whole career, following Iowa State around, playing, doing all that stuff? The Little Apple. Uh, I have never been here to this hotel in the Little Apple. She is Lindsay Finnelly. And she is the first guest ever on the the brand new Chris Williams podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be first. We all know that I was also the first one to teach you how to drink a water in college, if you know what I mean. So uh, it feels fitting that I'm your first guest on your awesome new podcast. The details behind that. We were... What which hall was it? Because I I think it's important to point out to people that we didn't just meet like five years ago. No, we've. You were one of my first like college friends who I didn't know from high school. Yeah, because Clarinda is a huge town, and there's just thousands, millions of people. Like right, like we come from. Complete polar opposite backgrounds. You're yeah. Clarinda, Iowa. I'm Los Angeles, California. And we meet in the dorm floor. Um, my dorm floor was 3103 Oak Elm. Oak Elm. For two years. But Oak Elm really it brought out the best in people. Uh, no air conditioning, I remember. No air conditioning. Um, shared bathroom hall is like the group bathroom. Uh, so... The athletes that no longer reside in Oak Elm kind of have it made these days. Yeah, they really do. And it's, um, that's where they put all of you guys back in the day, right? Back in the day, that's when we all stayed there and then they moved to two or three other dorm, dorm halls. And now they live in, um, freshmen live in Fredrickson Court, which has, um, you know, laundry right there. 
easy accessible um, individual bathrooms, uh, a lot of amenities that the old timers like me, I mean, gosh dang, we've kids these days, man. We we're we're both pushing uh almost halfway to seventy. So we are uh yeah, known each other for now seventeen years of our lives. Getting pretty old. Pretty old. In fact we were just um and we'll get into what we're going to talk about a lot tonight, but we were just in, in Coach's room, and, and you and Billy had your sweet little daughter here, and you you turned around to me and Billy and made a comment about how different we are than when we were in college. Yeah, I would like to say you guys are better looking. But <laughs> <laughs> we're certainly not that. Uh, no, but it was funny to listen to you both sing Frozen's Let It Go. Um, <laughs> you know, I had this moment of, gosh, I, I was talking to Billy when I was – 17 years old and I was meeting you when I was 17 years old and who would have thought 17 years later we'd be in a hotel in Manhattan, Kansas listening to your two rendition of Elsa and Anna's uh, epic, you know, theme song to their uh, Frozen movie. Callie loves, uh, she's a big Elsa fan. Callie's a big Elsa fan. She's a big Frozen fan, big Disney fan. Dude, how did parents do it before Disney Plus? Like, I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but... Yeah. Disney Plus is amazing, and I wish that they would sponsor your podcast because I just gave them a big shout out. We, well, that's a that's a really good point, and I I appreciate that. <laughs> it may be, maybe this is going to be such a popular podcast that we can get a company like that to jump on board, and then I'll give you half the earnings. How about that? Perfect. Like I'm sure Disney is chomping at the bit. So no, like the, there's a lot of reasons, but the first. I wanted to have you on because you've you've kind of gone through a lot of this stuff with me in a weird way um, because we were like we had a weird relationship when you were in college because I covered you, you know, uh, but you were still my friend and it was like and I didn't know really what I was doing and I don't think you really knew what you were doing yeah. other than dishing out assists. Um, but then we've kind of like evolved together in a weird way and like this new pod, I don't really want, and by the way, we're having beers. That's, that's kind of going to be the theme of this podcast, by the way, we're going to have beers with olives. Yeah. I got you olives. Uh, I don't really need the olives with my beers, but you do. So I I got you six olives (laughs) and while we were walking into the hotel room, I dropped one of the beers. Because I was trying to like get my key and I had all this stuff in my hands. You didn't want to drop the olives. No. I appreciate it. That'd yeah. So one of the olives was is, is gone. But no, regardless, no, I, I think it kind of comes full circle. And now we're calling games together and stuff. You know, like I think it was a kind of a, I, that's why I wanted to, I texted you last week and I was like, hey, I want you to be the uh, the first guest on the podcast. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, it's been fun to watch your career and your evolution as someone who, you don't just cover sports. You don't just cover the cyclones. You don't just cover, you cover stories that are meaningful and powerful and inspirational and impactful that I think central Iowa and really all of Iowa enjoys hearing about. And I just happened to also um, get to cover games with you, which, um, you know, allows me the chance to work with someone who actually knows what the hell they're doing. Well, I sure as hell don't um, when I'm calling games, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been cool to see, you know, combined we have four children not like together that sounds awkward <laughs> yeah um but you, you did give me my first beer though i did 
first beer ever handed out of my the student athlete Lindsay Fenway. Yep, I I'd love to say it was mine or I bought it or it was a fake ID, but you know we all make poor choices in college and I remember I that can't night. Even, I can't even admit that it was actually my beer. It, it was it probably wasn't. somebody else's. It really wasn't. I remember that night like it was yesterday. I really do. It was a Saturday night, and me and my friends went over to Oak Elm, and we were hanging out with the Stanton girls. Yep. One of which is now my wife. And um, you and I met in the hall, and like we, I think we had, I had interviewed you or something before, and we we had an acquaintance or whatever. And I ended up hanging out with you and Megan for a long, and Billy ended up coming to your uh, to your dorm. Yep. And that was the first night I ever met Billy. Yep. And I, to like hand of my heart, had never had a beer in my life yep. before that night. Yep. And I don't know where the beer came from. Yeah, I. But I had a lot of them, and I loved it. <laughs> I um. <laughs> I don't think you did. I think you were more just egging me on. You know, I was a, and it kind of segues a little bit into what we're about to talk about. Um, but I was a, I was a machine in college. Like I loved to play basketball. I loved oh yeah. Class. But I loved socializing. Yeah, um, you, you had a good time. I had a really good time. Yeah. Um, and Iowa State was good to me, is good to me. Hopefully will continue to be good to my family and I. Um, but I'd be remiss to not say that, yeah, I probably made a decision here or there that I wouldn't take back. But giving you your first beer certainly wasn't <laughs> it. Well, that's, that is exactly how it happened. And I remember, um, yeah, I remember about that. And I... It's just crazy how, like, certain nights will, like, pop out to you. But I, I remember that one, and we've been good friends ever since. And um, I, I don't know. Like, the reason I wanted to start this podcast is because I'm 35 now. I've got two beautiful daughters who I'm, like, super proud of. And, I and like, they're the absolute, like, pride and joy in my life. And I know that you feel the same way about your kids. But you and I have had these like really deep conversations if we've been on the road or if we've been at coffee shops or whatever. And we've kind of gone through a lot of like stuff together in the background. And I give you credit. You've been way more vocal about it than I have. And I think yours has been more um, severe than mine has. But like, you know, like one of the things that I really wanted to dig into in this podcast is like mental health. And I think that it's so much more prevalent now than it used to be. Yeah. Like I wish that like knowing now what I know about myself and I, I and I want to pick your brain about this too. Um, Like I think that if I was a 10 year old now, probably my life from like the age of like 15 to 30 would have been a lot more tolerable in the sense of, I think that people could have picked up on some things Yeah, where I think that in the, let's say the year 1990, uh, I'll never forget it. Um, it was going to kindergarten. It was kindergarten or yeah, it was kindergarten. And like, I had this just giant fear that the bus wouldn't pick me up when I was going, when I was at this bus stop, it was this giant fear. And that's, that's a normal fear. Well, you know what? The bus didn't pick me up. 
<laughs> somehow, like some way or another, the bus didn't show up. And like, I specifically remember sitting at the school with the, you know, there's a janitor there and, and I remember crying and I remember like the terrifying fear that I had like prior to that, that this bus wouldn't pick me up. And I was what, like six or however old you are when you go to kindergarten. And, um, and I remember like that following me around everywhere I went until I was like 30 that if I, if, and it still haunts me when I go to an airport today, like I obsess about these, I don't, I don't worry about the plane going down. I worry about the plane not getting there, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff you can't control. And that's just one tiny, teeny, tiny little thing that is like gone through my head for 30 years. And like, I just was, I thought like all this stuff was, was normal and I've lived with it and I'm not like severe and I, not any of this stuff, but like I've heard your stories over the years cause we've talked and then now you're doing public speaking about it. And I realize in, in, in Royce really back in the day. Yeah. And you can say what you want about Royce, but I, I, I give Royce a lot of credit for a lot of different things. Um, I just think it's so much more prevalent now where human beings, you can look in the mirror and be like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not crazy, but there's also a better way to go through life. Oh yeah. You know, do you see where I'm going? Oh yeah. I mean, I think you look at, it was AIDS in the eighties and nineties, cancer in the early two thousands, 2010. Um, and then I think mental health, I've been hospitalized twice for mental health breakdowns. Yeah. Uh, once in 2013 and a second time in 2018, um, spending 37 total days over those two stretches uh, in a behavioral health unit. And I'm, quote-unquote, Lindsay Fenley, drafted yeah. the WNBA, Iowa State All-American, married to Billy, has two kids. Um, and I thought I was above mental illness yeah. because I thought it was a character flaw. Um, I thought it was a knock on potential success. I thought it was, um, you know, I thought it was all negative in the sense of, it was an attack on who I was as a person yeah. um, or what I was trying to do and what I've learned. I've learned so much about the illness, but the first time I was hospitalized in 2013, I basically looked at the doctor and told him I'm crazy. No doc, you're crazy. And I walked out of there like nothing was wrong with me. Um, and so knowing what I know now, gosh, I wish I would have just accepted, surrendered, learned, moved on. And I can honestly say sitting here at, 11, 15 at night, which if my psychiatrist ever knew that I was up this late on a school night, with a beer. Um, you know, with a beer in my hand, she'll probably <laughs> be pissed, but moderation and everything, right? Yeah. Um, I can honestly say I've never been happier. I've never felt healthier. I've never felt more clear. Is that because you came out and talked about it? It's so much of it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's is that why you're going around and doing this? Huge part of it. Very therapeutic. And I just, I don't want you know, it's a genetic disorder. If my children have this, if I think, man, yeah. if I can change how people look at mental health as it relates to me, then if my kids have anything, then they won't ever be, you know, given the scarlet letter with it. Um, and that was so much of the first time I was hospitalized. I didn't want anyone to know I was up there. I told people. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, man, you know, those celebrities in LA, like they burned Bill, down. Yeah, I, I remember with, with Billy, yeah. that was all going on. Yeah, and then it, it, the, the second time was almost harder. Um, 
the more hospitalizations you have, the more significant the breakdowns become. What is that like? Um, scary, alone, isolating. Uh, I don't remember typically the first 50% of the time I'm up there. So when I was there, I was uh, put in the hospital April 4th, 2018. Uh, the first 11 days, I don't remember a single thing. Um, is that because of like medication? Medication. Um, a lot of it is, is just the condition wears me out. I, what causes, or not what causes, but what um, leads to my breakdowns is usually a lack of sleep. Um, and so I go, 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 go. I run myself into the ground. That's just your nature. Yeah. But, and this is, and this is what I've been saying, and I'm writing a book, a memoir about the whole experience to try and really paint this picture. Is, is that my condition or is that how I was conditioned? Right. As a student athlete, you're supposed to go, 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 and you're supposed to chase success yeah. and you're supposed to pursue the next thing. And I'm an entrepreneur. So the only things that happened in my life is a result of the hustle that I put forth, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things I've tried to really pay good attention to the last year and a half is, okay, is this mania? Is this my brain spiraling out of control? Or is this me pursuing opportunities and experiences in just a healthier way? Um, and trying to understand that balance, create some boundaries with it, um, manage my triggers um, has really helped me just kind of find myself in a, in just a better way. You seem better. Yeah, I'm just very... I'm balanced. I have a chemical imbalance and now I take medication. I don't have a chemical imbalance anymore. Um, so it, Isn't it crazy though? And I can like, still be, well, it's crazy, but it's also like, it's refreshing. It's What I'm saying though, like the crazy part is it really is just like if you're diagnosed with, oh, you broke your leg. Yep. So we're going to put a cast on it and it's going to heal. And maybe if it won't heal perfectly, we're going to put a metal bar in it or whatever they would do. Yep. And, but like mental health, there was always like this stigma. Yep. Where, oh, if you're taking pills, which I do and, and you do. Yep. Oh, you're um, you're crazy, right? right? You, you you see what I'm saying? Like the difference between now and 15 years ago is so stark. Yeah, because we get it now. Yep. Where we did not get it when we were kids. Mm -mm. Did you? So I have like a couple memories like that. Like another one for me is when like. So mine is always abandonment for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I, I had really good parents and they were phenomenal. Like I couldn't have had a better childhood. Love Mike and Renee. Yeah. Saw them this weekend. Yeah, they're the best. Good, good, I, good people. I could not have better parents, but for some reason, and to this day, and I'll tell you about um, some other stuff here in a little bit, but like I'm always, I have a fear of like ending up alone. Mm -hmm. I have a fear of dying alone for some reason. And like it, it has haunted me forever. I have a fear that, like, no matter what, like right now I have a wife and two beautiful daughters. I have a fear that they're all going to hate me and I'm going to die alone. It's been like this since I was five. I can't explain it. Another one for me was, like, when I would walk to school and you would have, like, your homework, right? And I walked to school every day. It's small town Iowa. It's what you do. 
I, I refused to zip my backpack. Hmm. Refused. I would leave my backpack open and stare at my homework to make sure that it was there the entire way when I walked for like two miles or whatever, whatever it was. I did not trust that the homework would stay in the backpack unless I had an eye on it the entire time. So maybe this is telling me I'm like a giant control freak. I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's like little teeny tiny quirks, and I've just named a couple of them. I've got like six of them that I can look back to in my childhood. It was like, man, like there was something going on there. Yep. Like if you add it all together. Did you have them like now that you know what you know, can you think back to Lindsay Metters in Los Angeles when you're 12 and be like, man, I wish that they could have caught that then the way that they probably would have caught it now. Probably two big things. One is I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, so, which, you know, probably masks some of what I was going through, a lack of focus. Um, my head, essentially my brain constantly swirls. It never stops moving. Um, and then secondly, well, I, I could have diagnosed you with that. Yeah. yeah first time I met you. Everyone's known that. Um, <laughs> you're doing Tupac and then you're like, Hey, turn on some George Strait. And yeah. Then, no, definitely not George Strait. That's all you. Yeah, definitely not you. <laughs> um, but you know, the second one is being sleep. Um, and sleep mm. is the number one, um, you know, typically when people get into a behavioral health unit, they're not like, Oh yeah, you know, stretch and I'm well rested. They're usually exhausted. Um, because they, of the mental stress that they've been under. Yes. And the anxieties they're feeling and the, um, challenges they're faced with. And so when I look back at my childhood, like I never slept and really because yeah. of the basketball or everything. everything basketball family dynamics um and again i go back to and this is why i've i've spoken to a couple different um athletic departments and it's one of the things i want to do more is sharing my story with especially student athletes is you know and i i hate to bring this up almost exactly a month from when he passed but kobe bryant was a huge influence in my life really um growing up as a huge makes sense. laker fan yeah that makes sense we shared the same trainer um so my trainer really? would be like Hey, I just wore Kobe out two hours ago at the Lakers practice facility. This is what we just did. You know, Lindsay, I want you to do this. And then he'd be like, hey, Kobe got up. He, he did a workout this morning at 3 a.m. And so that's where I go back to the whole, is this the condition or is this how I was conditioned? You know, I was trained to have this Mamba mentality of. Did you hear about that? Was that like which, a thing? Um, at the time it wasn't. Up? But yeah, I would hear stories of him all the time because yeah. we had the same person Wayne Slappy was our trainer um so that's where one of the things I've tried to identify is when was this whole sleep thing an issue for me um you know was it the um was it because of what I was encouraged as a student athlete and you you know skip sleep and you pursue everything at all costs and you stop at nothing and you sacrifice everything and yeah kind of this non-stop approach or is it my mental illness? Um, and so that's that's something I've just learned now. Like, I don't sacrifice sleep. It's seven to eight hours. You know, we can stay up late tonight because uh, tomorrow I don't have to set my alarm and I know I can get away with, with this. But um, but it's such a fascinating thing to know that, man, had I, if I just would have slept a little more, maybe I would have wow. avoided... Really? At least the hospitalizations and the breakdowns. Um, That's really good extent. advice. 
and it's so it's so simple. Like, don't yeah. look at your phone 15 minutes before bed. Um, turn off your TV beforehand. Do you think social media has a big impact on all this? Huge. I mean, I, I feel like it's really negative for my mental health. It's. I think we all have to have boundaries with it. Like, I have it. I post. I know you do too. But I try to do things like when we're riding the bus today for 20 minutes, I don't have to look at my Twitter. Like, it's no offense to anything out there, but I think we have to take breaks with it. I think we get so consumed um, that we our brains are constantly stimulated. They never get a break. And so my, my therapist is convinced that there will be more breakdowns, mental health causations, uh, not issues, but health concerns that are spiking because of cell phones and mental health. I think it makes sense. I Because the one thing I've learned doing what I do for a living in not only radio, but just like the Cyclone Fanatic deal has turned from, you know, it, it, it back in the day it was just like this message board and you would write a couple blogs and you would go on there and you would chat on the message board. Well, now, like the biggest thing I do is social media. Sure. Like that's really like, and even like advertisers who want to spend money with us they're more interested in our social media reach now than they are like being on the website. Website clicks. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned the most about social media is how toxic it can be. There's a lot of really nice people. Yeah. On Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of really nice people who listen to the radio show. But generally, the, like, really chill, nice people are not the ones commenting and calling. Yeah. So, like, you get this, I feel like, overly negative skewed vision of the world. Yeah. From it. And I, and I, I could see how that can really bring a person down. And I, and I, I do believe... That in 15 years of doing this, it's done that to me. Like, I, I think... You that, personally can feel Oh, that. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, if I didn't have to do Facebook for a living, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would get off of it completely. Um, Twitter, while there's a lot of really great things that have... We've raised uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars for charities over the years. Sure. Which I'm super proud of. Yeah. But, man... Like the, cause you get this like sense that everything's bad all the time. Right. And it's really not, Mm-mm. you know, like we live in a, we we can cuss on this podcast. We live in a fucked up world. Yeah. And like, it, it just is. And it was, it was, it was fucked up in the forties and like that, you know, yeah, that's just how, but in the forties, you kind of were, like in World War II even, it was like, what do we read in the newspaper? Or, you know, and that's like three days later right. back then, right? You're And you're finally getting the Now, you could just find screwed up things across the board 24-7 if you want. Oh, yeah. And it really can impact you. Like, I, I've really seen this even in my own brain where I have to, like, schedule out time during the day to block this out right well it goes back to just like simple things that i think we miss and forget as a society go for a walk yeah play baseball with your kid yesterday will it's 38 degrees and he's like mom i want to play baseball 
I'm like, dude, come on. Mom's from California. I don't want to put my house. Yeah, 38 degrees is like the coldest day of the year. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm out there. I just watched all the Kobe um, eulogy uh, situation and memoriam. And I'm like, I'm outside playing baseball with my kid in 38 degree weather. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I felt so good. And I, I think that's one of the best things my therapist has taught me is just chase feelings that feel good. And if you get on social media and you don't feel good about it, then get the hell off of it. What do you do about people? Um, so like, because the one thing I've really in the last like two years, maybe even the last year, and I've read a lot of really good books and I'll, I want to give credit to a guy who a lot of people listening respect is, is Matt Campbell. Sure. Who's been really good for me. Like we've, we really talk about a lot and he's given me book recommendations like off of our conversations. And a lot of these have pushed me in the sense of like to keep the right people yep. in your life yep. who um, don't suck all of the positive energy out of you. The one that Matt recently told me to read and, and you can all go and listen to it on the Psycho and Fanatic podcast because it's on there. We like to talk about books. And it's um, silence. Um, silence is the silence is the key. I think is what it's called. And it's one of the deals. It's like if people in your life are constantly sucking like the joy out of every day. Like if you wake up and you don't want to get them out of your life. Yeah. Have you have you noticed that? Yeah. So. One thing, love Matt and Erica Campbell. They're, um, the, they're the best. Phenomenal people. Great fits at Iowa State. Um, no I've doubt. had the real pleasure of getting to know um, Erica especially. And, and I think behind every great coach, and I've learned this with Coach Fenley, obviously, with my mother-in-law, is an even better coach's spouse. Deb's the best. So You're very lucky to have her... And, oh yeah, and even Steve and oh yeah, I tell him all the time. I'm the, scho- I'm the scholarship that never ended. Bill's oh. the only guy in my 15 year career where I've said hands off. I won't ever say a critical word about the man. Yeah, I won't. Like I, I'm not a journalist when it comes to Bill Finley because I, I, I love him like family. Yeah, like that. What a great family. Oh, I, I hit. Gold. I, I joke with him literally like every week. Um, Coach Callie and I, our, our two-year-old daughter, just went to dinner last night, and I'm like texting him afterwards, "Hey, thanks for dinner." And he, you know, he's like, "No problem." And I'm like, "I still the scholarship that never ended, right?" <laughs> um, for them, it was so, a good deal for him, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's worked. You're the all-time you know, assist had, leader. Like, it's a good deal. Well, I had the two kids, and I figured after that, I was I was set. But going back to what we were saying about. Um, you know, what Matt Campbell, the book that was talking to you about, and I've learned a lot just in being friends with Erica. And I really like to watch people. Um, and I think it's really amazing how you can still be, and you and I have talked about this before, like we're out there in public and people want a donation. People want you to pump this. People yeah. want me yeah. to give a free membership to the George and Yang camp. People want me to give them a free membership to campus cycle in exchange for this. Like we're constantly being asked yeah, for people stuff. always want something always. And just doing simple things like not responding to people on a Sunday. Cause that's like your family day. And I, I just, I've liked watching and observing people who seem really grounded and Erica Gamble in my 
world she is, is one of the most grounded people I know. No doubt. And I can text Erica about something and she doesn't respond within 12 hours. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could do that. Um, so that's what I've tried to do more with people is just there are certain things that require an immediate response or an immediate attention. Um, I do have an Apple Watch, which, you know, is kind of a hindrance at times because then you're still constantly connected. Um, but I've tried to just be more intentional with if there are certain people, places, things, environments that don't bring me, don't spark joy, I'm not, it's not in my world anymore. Um, and that's, it's hard to create, recreate a boundary when you've essentially had your arms out and said, hey, let's go, let's party. Everybody's in. See, that's to now try to rein it back in. I've noticed that for me, you, you kind of create this like, it's not an ultra ego. A Every, persona. But everything I do is real. Yep. Like I've, I've intentionally built my like brand or whatever you want to call it off of reality. Yep. Um, but it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because like if I'm out at Founders in Bondurant on a Saturday night, which you know me, I like to do. Yeah. Um, I'm not really into like litigating if Sam Richardson was a great quarterback at Iowa State or not. Yeah, which, by the way, speaking of, Grant Rohawk was outside our hotel tonight. No, are you serious? Yeah, he apparently waved hi to me, sent me a text. I love Grant Rohawk. Hey, that was me that said hi to you, and I was like, oh, I just thought it was Man, I wish I would have known that. I would like to, (laughs) we could have had him on the podcast. Sorry. Um, No, I just like, I don't know if you, did you listen to the trailer? Of what I wanted to do with this podcast at all? No, intentionally, because um, I like surprises. Like, there's just so much more. And I'm super blessed to have, like, this very loyal audience who I think will be listening to this. Yeah. And it's like, there's so many things. I, I compared it to country music artists. Now, bear with me. Lindsay hates country music. I do not. I knew you were going to throw me under the bus. You I hate like country pop music. country. Yeah, and that's yeah. the douche country. It's not douche. I get it. It's douchebag country music. No. I'm actually going. Is Old Dominion count? Yeah, douchebag. I can't wait. It's on Billy and my anniversary. We're going douche. to Douche. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me that you and Billy would want to go to that. <laughs> well, it wasn't Billy's choice. I just. <laughs> Does I Billy ever have a choice? Yeah, he had one on May 2nd, 2009. <laughs> It was walk or run, and he chose to stay. Uh, so. Okay. Um, so, like, when I grew, when I, well, let's say 2009. Yeah. It's a good example. I didn't want Tim McGraw to start singing about his wife and kids. Yeah. I wanted Tim McGraw to still be singing about beer and trucks and, you know, getting lucky down on the farm. Yeah. But he, he kind of evolved and got older, and he, he wanted to start doing that. And that, it's not that I don't want to talk about Iowa State anymore. I do. I'm going to do that every day until y'all kick you out. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I've had a lot of opportunities to leave. I don't want to. Like, I, 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 I don't. But I want to, like, I don't know. I feel like I've really changed a lot over the last like two years probably definitely over the last five since Cameron was born but 
like I want to have interesting people on to challenge my audience, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I just feel like there's more to offer them than analyzing if Steve Prom can get the Iowa State basketball program turned around. Which he can, but that's not what this podcast yeah, is. Yeah, no, about. it's not. But like my point is I'll do that on the Cyclone Fanatic feed. Sure. This feed will be I, I think this is why I wanted to have you on first. There's a lot of reasons. I think there's a lot of people that have struggled with mental health in their life that probably have never been diagnosed with it. And it's totally okay. Like you don't have to run to a shrink, but I think that it like acknowledge the one thing I can say that I've done. I know I'm nuts now. Yeah. And I'm a lot better off because I figured it out and I've, I've gone to therapy I'm medicated every day. I didn't realize it was hereditary. Like if you look into my family tree, they're all (laughs) like this. I didn't realize, like everybody kind of knows alcoholism is hereditary. Yeah. If your dad's an alcoholic, there's a decent chance you're probably going to be susceptible to that. We didn't know this 20 years ago about mental health. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that, that you know. To kind of come full circle. Yeah. Like, I, I think there's a lot of people that need to hear this type of stuff. Well, and here's the other deal. And this is what I say, part of what I say, not to, um, you know, bear it all here on this podcast, but there's a big difference between mental illness and mental health. Mental illness affects one in five Iowans. So you duck, duck, goose at the dinner table, mm-hmm. it's going to hit somebody. Yeah. Mental health, in my opinion, affects everybody. It affects one in one Iowans. It affects one in one Americans. That's good. Yeah. In the sense of we all can get better sleep. We all can understand our triggers and remembering stories like that that you hang on to for years. We all Mm -hmm. can, um, you know, grief, trauma, loss, sadness, depression. Uh, We don't honor those things enough um, because we all, we push them away and I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I got to post my Snapchat to make sure I look good. But deep down inside, I'm like, man, I and feel then, like shit. And then we have these bullshit apps. Yeah. With like filters. Yeah. That'll like make your teeth whiter or make your cheeks or thinner. They, they or, take away some of the, you know, you're a woman and you don't want your inner thighs touching. And so you can erase that. I mean, it's insane. Like, truly. And we wonder and why these kids grow up the way that. Yeah. And that's why I started talking about this because I'm like. Man, if I if I showed you this email I got, I got an email late last night through my website. Um, a you can woman, plug your website. Oh, lindsayfenley.com. Um, a woman that uh, has followed me on Twitter, love all your mental health posts, just got my daughter out of the um, emergency room. She had been in there, or she was in emergency room then to the behavioral health unit for 15 days, blah, blah, blah. Can't wait till your book comes out. And I'm thinking to myself, like, boom, like, this is it. This is exactly what I was put on earth to do, um, is to spread a message of mental health, of one that's hope and inspiration and healing, and um, good things can come as a result of it, because the only time you ever heard about mental health or mental illness talked about, even up to five years ago, maybe two years ago, was when a deranged gunman would run through a building, yeah, and everyone exactly. would say, oh, the guy's mentally deranged. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the thing, the trigger that... I give Kelsey a lot of credit, my best friend and um, business partner. You remember the Iowa State golfer who was slain? Um, Absolutely. Um, I get 
chills just thinking about it. That was oh. one of the worst days ever. Worst day. I when think that August started. or September. September yeah. of 2018. It was the week that they, they played because they did a big deal for at the Akron sure. football game that year. Yeah, everyone wearing yellow. And yeah. I've never seen Jack Trice. It was as, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, I got out of the hospital the second time, April 26, 2018. Um, do George's summer camp. George is actually the first person I ever told um, George Niang that I have a mental illness because he was like, man, Lindsay used to call me Ma. He's like, Ma, I haven't heard from you in forever. And I'm like, oh, I know. I've, I was actually in the hospital and, you know, here's my condition and this is what. And he's like, oh. He's like, well, maybe our charity golf outing, let's just give it to that this year. And I'm like, wait, that's your response? You know, you're not like, oh, I got a partner Yeah, with but he's, he's a puppy compared to us. Yeah. Because you know. that's what I'm trying to say is like these kids. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, when we grew up, if you had, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it's just, it's it's homosexuality in a way. Sure. Like our parents grew up and if you were gay, you were different. You know, and you couldn't get married, and you were almost a second-class citizen in a way. When Cowie and Will and Cammie and Elise are graduating from Iowa State, obviously. Go Cyclones. Homosexuality, it's nothing. Sure. Like like it is now, right? Yeah. Is that a decent comparison? That's the only oh, thing I, I think, can think of. Yeah. Um no, I think, and and that's why going back to I think back weed to will be like that. Yeah. I think Callie and Elise will go, when they're rooming together at Iowa State, they'll be going to buy, like, cannabis-infused drinks <laughs> at oh. Casey's. <laughs> yeah, that'll Praise be Jesus. That'll be the day. But, you know what I mean, no, though? Like, just this stuff is, evolves. And this is where I was going back to, um, for me, I get out of the hospital April. I run George's camp and golf outing in July. I kind of started to talk about it a little bit on social media, a little bit with more family and friends. And then Delia gets murdered. And Kelsey, who's, uh, again, my best friend and and business partner, says to me, she says, you know, Lindsay, I feel really bad for you. And this was right after it had happened. And we were talking um, probably within a day or two of it going down. And she said, I feel really bad for you. And I'm like, well, what do you, why? She's like, because you could have been in a bedroom right next to the killer and everyone's going to blame mental illness and everyone's going to blame mental health and everyone's going to, yeah, you know, it's a really good point. Beat him. And I, I thought to myself, that was kind of my springboard where I was like, oh, there's no turning back now because I don't ever want to be associated with that. So I don't what, want my kids associated with that. Um, do you get like, what kind of emotion comes across you when like a mass shooting happens? And then, um, and then that's the storyline. Yeah. You get two storylines. You get the gun storyline, and then you get the mental health storyline. Yeah. Um, just sadness, number one, for the victims. Like, I feel bad for somebody yeah. whose life was taken. Um, but again, violence was al- Violence has always been a connector to mental health, and that's not fair. Um, I'm not a violent person. You know, and that's where I was like, man, I want a fair, I want a fair shot in this fight, too. Um and so that's why I honestly I don't watch the news um, because I don't think it's I don't think it's fair I don't like labels I don't like generalizations I don't like the polarization of politics um, 
I just don't think it's healthy. Like I, it doesn't serve anybody. In I have a hard time with that. This is not about politics or what? No, I'm not talking about politics. I have a hard, no, I'm not criticizing you. I have a hard time um, with, with what I do for a living. Sure. I feel like I have to be informed. Yeah. You know, and on top of things. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying like from a political purpose, just yeah. like, I feel like in, in one of the hard things that I had, I find myself and I had to let go of this about two years ago. I can't read every latest headline from the New York times. Huh? I'll be when Trump got elected. Like, I mean, I thought like, this is the end of the United States of America. <laughs> uh-huh. Just being honest. Podcast has my name on it. I can say whatever I want, right? <laughs> I thought it was the end of the world um, that we could elect this reality TV star who, you know, whatever. And it, I called my mom that day and I said, I got to get out of sports. I got to get into news. Like, we got to do the hard stuff, which was stupid. And I took it back like four hours later. But my point is you could see where um, – and I, I do believe this is so true now, where a lot of people are so polarized one way or another on the news, because that's the, this is a whole other podcast, but our media is so jacked up now because it's owned by these giant conglomerates. Huge money makers. And it's not about news anymore. Mm-mm. No matter what they tell you, it's not about news. Mm-mm. Who's if, first? Who's biggest? Yeah, who's boldest? It is not about reporting the news. Mm-mm. And um, they're trying to brainwash you one way or another. It's all polarization. And I think you nailed it. Like, I I wouldn't go as far as you, as far as where I like won't like read the news or watch the news. But I do think it's healthy to take a step back. Because if not, you'll go crazy. There's a new scandal. There's a new story every 10 minutes if you want it to be. Well, and for me, it goes to my favorite quote of all time, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit around and watch the news. I'm going to get on as many stages as I can. I'm going to finish this book by 2020 ending. I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to be a good wife. I'm going to do all the things entrepreneurial that I do. And I'm going to try to just one foot in front of the other, do what I can to affect positive change for an illness that doesn't get a fair shot in the fight because it's easy to blame somebody's mental illness as a reason. There is, there is absolutely no proven fact that mental illness and violence are connected, at least with the condition I have. Um, and so that's where, when, when Kelsey said that to me uh, in September of 2018, I was like, this is my mission. So what, what do you think it is? Um, like, it, like, so let, let's, out of respect to, like, victims, I don't want to use, like, a specific, like, sure. shooting. But, like, let's say a mass shooting. Yep. And, they, and often the headline will be a deranged individual. Yep. How how would you describe that? Like Mis- honestly, the first thing that pops to head my head is mistreated. Okay. Untreated. Yeah. Um, excuse me. That was the olives. 
Um, we're still drinking. <laughs> we're still know, drinking beer here in Manhattan. Um, I'm not saying that that Tim. And again, this is way deeper than I thought we were going to go. But somebody what did you who think is, this is the the Chris Williams podcast? I know, and we are talking mental health, which is my uh, my my shtick. Uh, to me, there's somebody, there's something wrong with somebody's heart when you're willing to hurt another person. There's something wrong with their head too. I get that. Yeah. But there's something wrong with a, a, if a human being sets out to hurt another human being. I don't know if medication can fix that. Hmm. You're, there's something wrong with, right? The so, can I compare it to like my wife's a veterinarian? Excuse me. Now I'm belching. She has a soft spot in her heart for pit bulls. Hmm. You would think a veterinarian would hate pit bulls, right? She swears that most pit bulls are really good dogs, but they get adopted by the wrong people. Hmm. There's a certain type of person that wants to get a pit bull. Yeah. Usually a violent type of person because of like how the media has portrayed them. Um, like Ashley says that the nastiest type of dog generally to like work on is like a poodle hmm. or like a miniature dachshund or something like that. Those are the ones that are most willing to bite you. Yeah. So it's kind of a nature versus nurture. Yeah. Type. Is that kind of what you're saying about this? Yeah. I just, I don't think, I just don't think it's fair to lump it all on mental health. Yeah. Again, do I think something's wrong in someone's head if they violently pursue an act? To hurt someone else, no question there's something wrong with their head. But there's something wrong with their heart. Because there's something wrong with my head. And I but don't you would do never that. go and shoot up a school. I did, violence just isn't. Even in the worst spot that you've ever been in. The biggest hurt, the biggest pain, the most agonizing feeling, the saddest loss I've had a miscarriage, um, the toughest day in my marriage, the, I mean, anything. Wouldn't even, doesn't even cross my mind. And so that's where I just, I think it's easy to lump it all. Oh, let's go yeah. put them in a mental asylum and let's, you know, are the people who, the other thing that kind of gets me is, um, you know, when people want to plead insanity after they've committed yeah. a crime, it's like, what are we doing to not help each other? And that's where I, when I get on stages, I talk about love, serve, care, the people you're around, yeah. but most importantly yourself. Cause it's, it's usually not a condition, or I found it not to be a condition that, sure, my support team is really important and I have a really good one. But I, for so many years, I didn't actually love who I was. I was living an image. I was putting myself out there. I was partnering with George and Naz. And from the outside looking in, everyone's like, damn, Lindsay's got her shit together. Yeah. And inside, I'm like reeling and hurting from a miscarriage I hadn't dealt with and challenged with family issues that dated back to the day I was born to um, my own insecurities, like so many different things that you would have never known because you can't see this illness. You can't touch it. You can't, I could sit there and look at my therapist every day and be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And they wouldn't know any different. Yeah. Um, so that's where it's like, I feel like mental illness is complex and complicated and sophisticated as it seems and sounds. It's actually really simple. Like love yourself, love your people, self-care like crazy, get good sleep, 
set proper boundaries with your phone, with the people around you, um, and just take stock for how you're feeling. And if things don't feel good, don't keep doing them if you can. Like, you know, um, yeah, if things no, feel good when you go for a long walk, go for a longer walk the next day. Um, and again, I, I don't have all the answers and I'm far from an expert. I like to tell people I'm an experiencer of it. But I, I just, I didn't like the way that I was getting lumped with everybody else and everybody else included. That's Violet. fair deranged people and honestly that's been a lot of my motivation for talking about it and trying to push for reform and getting more beds in Iowa and more providers and our Iowa sucks we're not great um it's I think we're, bad, 40, we're 49th as far as total beds per capita I don't have that's all terrible the, the stats directly in front they, of me they, they took out the mental health hospital in my hometown which yep. is a really bad which is a really bad deal yeah, well, especially it, in small towns. And it put a lot of those people on the streets. Yep. And it, you know, took a lot of jobs. It's not about the jobs in this scenario. Yep. But a lot of people who needed that care are now just homeless. Yep. Well, it costs it costs money. That's what's hard is yeah. we're finally getting to the point where A, people talk about it, B, people talk about it publicly, and C, people talk about it enough to make this something that insurance providers are willing to cover. Well, if you don't have good insurance... Yeah, right, and we're not we're not, we're not going there because yeah, we've a whole been there before. In <laughs> um, <laughs> Tuscaloosa, yeah, t- Alabama. <laughs> oh man, what a what a you, night. you guys want a good talk? Get me and Billy Finley in the same room together. Oh man, or not? I'd I love him like not. a brother. We can. The funny thing about me and Billy when we get fired up is like we can sit there and yell in each other's face for an hour, and everybody's super uncomfortable. Super. And then the next day, we don't even act like anything happened, and everybody no. else is like, "Oh, are they are they going to talk?" Yeah, no, it's a very healthy. Uh, it's great, and we learn from each other. That's yeah. the whole part of it. No, it's it's good. You don't it's even good, know but this, but he'll like text me and be like, "Hey, that was a good point," and I'll do the same to him. But we don't want to do it in front of you guys because then we're giving up our high ground. Yeah, no, no, it was a good. But yeah, we we need reform. Um, I've I've been approached by certain members. I'm not going to call them out by name, um, but I'll say they're pretty influential people in our state to talk and sit down and, Good. Um, you know, so I think the ball's rolling and people are, are talking more about it. And um, it's just, uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, it's okay. It's, it, if I was battling cancer, I'd tell the world. And I'd get the world to try and support, and I'd post yeah. on Instagram as much as I do. And that's good for you. That's um, that's that's good on you. Yeah, I th- I think it's been therapeutic. Like it, I get as much out of it as much as the mom who takes her son to a therapy session, and she's like, "Man, Lindsay's posting about it. All right, makes me feel like this." is It's kind of why I want to do this podcast. Yeah, just normalizing stuff that people are going through. Whether it's yeah, you get people on here who talk about marriage or people who talk about parenting or people who yeah. talk about politics i should i won't be on that one i won't but. do a lot of politics yeah. that's so divisive anymore I, i'm not into divisive i think three years ago yeah if i would have done this i probably would have been in divisive i'm not anymore um you know like for me like in the i when, when i kind of realized like okay probably should get some help was when Ashley was pregnant with Cameron. 
so we had a really weird like journey to have kids like a super odd and I'll, I'll, I'll save all those details for another chapter. Um, but it was very stressful. And so she's finally pregnant and it comes back to my like whole, like being alone thing. It all ties together with all this. It's super odd how it does, but between her being diagnosed. So we had a weird deal. She, she's pregnant and we had a really negative ultrasound. And if anybody here has ever been through that, that's the worst because you just don't know. Basically, we were kind of convinced that Cameron was going to have like spina bifida, something really bad. Um, thank God she just had a club foot and whatever. But it fucked with my mind. Okay. And what it did, I don't know what triggered within me. But for the next six months, I had diagnosed myself with every form of terminal cancer that you can dream up. And this, I remember this. Yeah, like, I, I'll never forget, I was going to call a women's basketball game. We were playing Texas, and it was a Saturday night game, and I was going to put my tie on. And I convinced myself that I couldn't tie my tie anymore. <laughs> for... This seems just cra- totally locked. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't tie my tie. I was si- I, I'll never forget it. I was sitting there looking into the mirror. I could not tie my tie. Mm-hmm. I tried for an hour and I broke down on my knees crying before that game because I, I had convinced myself in that hour that I had a brain tumor and I was going to die and I was never going to meet this baby. Because I wanted to meet the baby so badly, right? And I wanted to be like this dad and like all this stuff. And I got there on my knees bawling like... So I had I had testicular cancer. I had pancreatic cancer. I had um, a brain tumor. I had all... I And finally, about the eighth time in that span that I went to the doctor, I had a really good doctor, Dr. Nicholson at the Iowa clinic, who's a good friend of mine. Now he, I'll never forget him looking at me and he put his hand on my arm and he's like, do you think you're kind of anxious? Maybe we should talk about a few things. Mm. And I, but, but again, I was 30 and nobody in my life had like, and I had been like this forever. Right. Like, I mean, I've been kind of, and successful, yeah, like up to this point, and that's. But, but I it, was so like I could put a mask on it, and nobody realized it, right? You know, and that's that's what I think is great for somebody like you to come out and talk about this tonight. Is success isn't an indicator of mental health, mental illness. Like yeah. it can target anyone. It Michael Phelps has depression. Yeah, Mariah Carey has bipolar. Yeah, Johnny Manziel has bipolar. Um, I mean, there the amount of people that have these conditions that are quote unquote successful is probably at a much higher rate than any of us actually know because very few people come out and talk about it, which is why I think it's super powerful that you can say as a 35 year old man, a father of two, you have anxiety issues, you take pills, you go to therapy, you've broken down and cried. You've been frozen to the point to the, the most simple task of tying a tie. Like people need to hear these things. This is, it's not, it's not about it not being normal, but we need to normalize it. 
um, so that more people say, God, I got the same shit. I need to. Exactly. That's the point. I need to maybe talk to somebody about this. Because it, it's not the end of your life. And I, and I will say, like, the difference between me at 30 and me at 35 is now, which I've never been as severe as you. Yeah, most people aren't. <laughs> but I, I've never been hospitalized or yep. anything like that. The difference, though, now is I now can, and this is why I want to talk about it. I can, like, sense when I'm I'm being irrational. Yep. And I can stop it for the most part. Not all the time. Like, I still have this abandonment thing. I still think that I'm going to die alone. And I don't know where it comes from. I still think that everybody's... <laughs> I'm going to be a 78 year old man with cancer and nobody's going to be at my bedside. Like that's, we won't, we won't let that happen. I appreciate that. Will you tell Will and Callie? They got you. They got you. Hopefully Cammie and Elise love me. My people got you. (laughs) You're good. Um, but like now, like when I start to have these deals and so I, I was tested, um, when, when the second baby in it, it came like I was having the same feelings and stuff, but I was able to like walk myself off of the ledge. Cause you know, your triggers. Yes. Your triggers are probably children. My triggers are, it's your it's children. family and love. Right. It's like, that's what it is. It's friendship, family and love. And like, I, and I know how much I value it all because of the fear that I have of losing it. Right. Sure. And it, I don't know. And I, I, I don't know. And I've talked with my shrink about it, um, tying it to, I, it, I think like it comes down to me is like a, according to my shrink at least, and she's a lot smarter than I am. Like a, some sort of a control thing for me too. Like when it comes to the bus, you know, not, not picking me up. And that's, that son of a bitch bus did not pick me up. Yeah. If that bus would have come, maybe I wouldn't be crazy. <laughs> I but yeah. holding my um paper, you know, going to an airport. I'm not like Royce White. I don't I don't care about the plane crashing. If the plane crashes, I'm gonna die anyways. Yeah. I but I worry more about like, well, what if there's a delay on I can't get to my next flight. And I'll like it's all about this like control thing for me, which I think is probably somewhat normal. Super normal. Is what I'm saying. Like, I think if you tie all this stuff together, there's probably going to be a guy or two out there listening to this and be like, yeah, like I can relate to that and maybe it can help them. And that's where it goes back to what I said earlier about there's a huge difference. And I think we've talked about this incorrectly over the years of mental illness versus mental health. Yeah. Mental illness no doubt. is a condition, is requires treatment, needs therapy, needs medication, Mental health touches everyone. We're all on a continuum of, you know, I'm probably here. You're probably a little less. Yeah. Billy's probably on the other side of the hotel. Yeah, Billy's, <laughs> Billy's chill, man. He's, about he's, his, he's asleep right now. Right, but, but that to me is the beauty of, of our marriage. Of I, I've told people this, and I know this isn't about marriage and love, but... Yeah, it's about anything you want it to be. But the... To have someone who loves you more than you actually love yourself, like that's what he's done for me for 17 years. And that's really powerful Yeah, when you're struggling awesome. inside. And I wouldn't be able to verbalize that a year ago. People would be like, you have to how have are you that. and Billy? And I'd be like, man, we are awesome. But now I can be like, no, like this dude came to a behavioral health unit 
and and I say this really, really humbly because our family does not think this way. But he's a Billy's a recognizable face. Um, his dad is one of the more influential people in Ames, and it's not because of the job; it's because him and Deb do more shit in that town than. And they've been around. They've forever. done everything yeah. for every community, every walk of life. Like great people. And that was part of my downfall in the beginning was I was so embarrassed that my family had to come visit me up in this place. And Billy didn't, Billy showed up like, Lindsay, you better get your mind right. Let's get the hell home. You know, was his approach. Never, he's never looked at me and been he's like. He's a coach. Yeah. But he's never looked at me and been like, well, the, you got this wrong that's with so, you. That's you know? so key though, is having that partner that understands it. Yeah. I, jo- I joke with my therapist that. He's been my unpaid or yeah. more paid than others therapist uh, before I ever had her. And, and you know, he has a heart condition. Yeah. It's fairly well known and, um, you know, congenital heart defect. And um, it's by far my favorite line. And not to turn this into a faith talk either, but God put a, me- a troubled heart and a troubled head together. And <laughs> here we are. So... You can talk about God. That's going to be another episode. You know, there's a surrender to my life that I've experienced over the last 18 months. That's wow. been very good for you. I surrendered to an illness and now I surrender to him. And if it weren't for the illness, that might not ever happen. Isn't the God thing interesting though? Oh, it's like, cause I feel, I'm just being honest with you. Cause I'm not going to hide anything on this. Like I've, I felt like I was a lot closer to that probably three years ago than I am now. Hmm. I'm actually going to have for one of my guests, my pastor. Huh? Cause I think it'll be That'd really be awesome. good. Yeah. Like th- that's the type of stuff I want to do on this. So yeah, this is going to be good stuff. I'm going to listen to this when I work out or when Callie and Will aren't listening to me. Cause that happens more frequently than not. No, I just like, I, I don't know. I think a lot, um, the, to to wrap it up, like, if I'm thinking this, like, there's got to be another guy. I mean, there's tens of thousands of guys that listen to this type of stuff every day. There's got to be other ones who are thinking it. You know what I mean? Oh, Not just guys. We have female listeners, too. Yeah. But I appreciate you telling, telling your story and joining me. Do you have any um, fun stories you want to talk about before we go? Oh, man. That's what I'm writing the the book will have some fun stories. It's like, are you going to tell some Iowa State women's basketball stories uh, in there? Yeah. I think we have 11 chapters. I'm co-writing it. What I found is somebody with my condition where my brain never stops moving is I better work w- with someone. So yeah. whether it's Campus Cycle with Kelsey, obviously my marriage with Billy. Um, excuse me. She just um, belched up a Bud Light. I actually just finished She just my chugged last one. Bud Light. Um, but, you know, even the radio games, like, I really like working with people. Um, so I'm co-writing the book. She's uh, doing more of the editing side and bringing more research in. So it's not just about me. Like, this so is going to sound. Yeah, there's, like, a scientific. Yeah. Okay. And there, so at the bottom of each chapter, there'll be, you know, here are great resources. How do you, what's your with. process? Like, do you, you so do So I wrote uh, most of it when I was super manic. Um, so... Right after, actually, um, the the golfer incident, um, Delia's death, I got supercharged up, and I'm like, 
I got to get everything out. So I started journaling and then the journaling started to like writing a chapter. And then I was like, but I got to write a chapter about Billy. And then I got to write a chapter about the first hospitalization. Now I'm going to write one about the second hospitalization. And I came up with like eight chapters and 78 pages in about two days. Just writing. Did you know? And I don't know if I should tell you this. Go ahead. Safe space. The, uh, during your second hospitalization, Billy came over to my house. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. We had bourbon, and then we went to um, Prairie Meadows for the- Oh, no, it was right after I got out. Oh, it was after you got out? Yep, because I went to Raymond Gardens and- Oh, you were out. I thought you were in. I thought that I was, like, helping out and, like, taking his mind off of things. No, you you were about day number two that I had gotten home. Okay, so I was still, maybe. You guys went to Prairie Meadows, right? We did. Yeah. I remember that. It was, yeah. Yeah, we had a good time. It was his birthday. It was his birthday. It was yeah. right around then. Yeah. No, that and that was important for him to do. It was good for him, and he we had a good time, and yeah. Um. No, I just it's it's good stuff. I hope you're helping a lot of kids. That's my biggest thing with all this is like that we can just like because we'll probably have a lot of parents listening. Yeah. What would you recommend to a parent like if you're because I don't want to talk too much about it, but my daughter Cameron, like we have an eye on a few things. Oh, sure. Like and you what, have to. Yeah, like in but I don't think like and my parents were great parents, I had a great childhood, but I don't think they were looking for anything. And yours probably weren't either because of the So like if you were to give advice to like a parent listening to this, what would it be? Biggest is just communicate. Yeah. Keep that line of communication open. I mean, we've had, um, we had a little social anxiety, not social anxiety again. And that's where you're like, gosh, am I just being an overly no over the top? Cause you can like, do that. Like, like the damn peanut allergies. And stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, like is it real or is it? Yeah. He's four and he doesn't want to ride the bus. Like yeah. I wouldn't want to ride the bus when I was four. No doubt. You know? So we had to, we have to kind of try to play the balance act, but I think we just, communicate and constantly or even with our five-year-old will like you know not just how was school but ask more introspective questions that pull things out of him rather than just being like good because i think these kids are just going to learn to live life on their phones otherwise and man the phones man and how sad that's going to be but that's also their reality they don't know what they don't know with your shrink and stuff do you keep your kids off of screen time yeah are we are we just recently about a two months ago um, really changed it. Like Callie went to dinner tonight with the team and for an hour and 15 minutes was well-behaved, um, spunky, fun, but she didn't need anything other than just human connection. And I think that's what, like sure, Wi-Fi is a great connection, but there's nothing more powerful than two human beings just being locked in, looking each other's in the eye and like enjoying life. Unless you've been on cyclonefanatic.com well there's that <laughs> there's that as well but no i think that's uh, i think that's important um the whole phone thing the is, phone thing is like i'm really concerned about it but but here's what i keep going back to and i've been saying this on you know social media and with all the athletes i train is like they don't know what they don't know so it's on us it's on our generation who has experience like billy and i didn't meet on tinder we talked on the phone. He came out to California when we were seniors in high school and we didn't Snapchat our way through our first date because we didn't have it. 
So how do we get this generation? Put it away. Yeah, like just put it away when you go out to the movies or, you know, all the time, adults, we don't constantly, like I try to be super intentional when I'm on trips. We went to Olive Garden tonight for an hour and 15 minutes and I didn't pull out my phone one time. Just so the girls would be like, oh, we know Lindsay's got stuff on her plate, but she didn't look at her phone for an hour, so we don't need to, you know? I need to be better at that. But And I think it's important for the kids. I asked Will this, and I can't believe I'm admitting this publicly, but I asked Will two months ago. It's just us. Yeah, right. That's how it all starts. Um, I asked Will two months ago. I said, hey, dude, if mom and dad got off their phones, what would happen? And he looked at me, and I, I could cry saying this. So you mean you'd play with me more? Mm. And I was like, damn, I'm done. There's a really good book. Um you should get for your kids. Uh, the gal, I'm not making this up. She played Kelly Kapowski. From um, Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Ah, on Saved by the Bell. Her and her husband wrote a book about this. Really? Yeah, and I don't remember the name of it. Um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen's her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Google it um, if you guys are listening. But she wrote a really, we. I don't know, somebody bought it for us for a gift for Cameron. Yeah. And I read it to Cam- I read to Cameron every night. It's like our it's our thing. And I don't know. She picks the book and she picks this like I don't know once every every couple of weeks or something. But it's about that like. And there's a there's a scene where the dad's like in his like business suit or whatever, and they're at the park, and the kid's swinging and like the kid wants dad's attention and dad's like staring at Facebook or whatever. Right. You know, and like, there's a real, there's a very real aspect of that. It's a good book. Yeah. should get that. Like I would a, love, I I will uh, make a mental note to do that. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just unfair to these, to these kids, our kids at their age, it's unfair to teenagers. Um, but they don't know what they don't know. They've never, yeah. they've never been on a date without then Snapchatting their friends after it. Um, so, well, like even this, like I'll probably say, like, "Hey, Lindsay, let's get a picture after this." Right. I'll probably right. be like, okay. "We never would have done that twenty years ago because mm-hmm. we physically, like, we had the mo what what the Motorola Razor." Oh. Uh-huh. What was the your no- cell phone? The Nokia. Nokia. Yeah. I'll never forget uh, the at- snake game you could play on. Oh there. yeah, but what was the flip? The one where you kind of flipped it up. The Razor, the Motorola Razor. What it was. That was like the first cell phone I had that I thought was cool. That's because the other ones were like big and bulky. Yeah. And the Motorola Razor had like some color to it. Dude, what was your AOL Instant Messenger chat name? Oh man. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> You'll make fun of me. Well, let me guess. NASCAR, Chris. <laughs> it's totally opposite. <laughs> totally opposite. So when you first met me, I wanted to be an actor. Remember? Uh, yeah. C.W. Hollywood. C.W. Hollywood. Because I wanted to move to Hollywood. I like, bet we I probably thought, like AOL Instant Message. Probably. You could pull up the archives. I legit wanted to, when I got to Iowa State, I wanted to do two things. I either wanted to go to Hollywood and be an actor which was the stupidest, like, thought, like, clearing to Iowa, like, did some theater. <laughs> and I want, or, it's so funny you said that, I wanted to go and be a NASCAR broadcaster. 
Oh, man. That was, like, my big thing. But, yeah, CW Hollywood. What was yours? Like, it's got to be, like, Hoop Girl 31. Gosh, what was it? Sporta. 23. You were 23, 24. right? 24. I, well, my playing number was 14. How oh, about this? Yeah, 14. My brother. I had an older brother who was a year older than me. And Billy got to be really good friends as we were seniors in high school. Uh, even though I was living in L.A., Billy was living in Iowa at the time. And they got to be really good friends. And so they made a fake name called Lindsay Fan 14. Oh, nice. And you I wanna, love it. What this did to my ego as a, you know, oh, yeah. budgeting 17-year-old thinking be- I'm going to Iowa State. and People already know me. And so they'd be like, hey, when you come to Iowa State, can I get your autograph? And I would just ate it alive. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they... But you were a badass when you got there, though. Well... You won't say that, but you were. No, Coach was really... As I'm writing the book, one of the years is on college years, and I talk about um, everything from the academic side of things to the side of things. I don't know if you are, but now you might be after this conversation. That's all right. Um, Don't worry. And I just talk about... No pressure. I just talk about the the instillment of confidence that he gave to me as a freshman. Yeah. Um, and it it was so critical in my life at that time to just have someone who was like, here are the keys to my car. I got my hand on your back. Go. Yeah. And that was what it was like. That's cool. So. He's the best. He is. He's a remarkable coach. He's a phenomenal man. And um, more importantly now, like I just, it's, I mean, truly. Your life and it is hits me. crazy. Like, yeah. Like insane. how it all worked out. It's insane to think that. I came here from Los Angeles, California. I was scrawny, gum-chewing, cocky as hell. Yeah, you were really cocky. God, so cocky. <laughs> and then I I come here and I'm, and, and you know, and just to tie up kind of what we've talked about mental health-wise, like my in-laws came to visit me every day I was in that hospital. Like how many in-laws do that? My in-laws have donated you know, money and time yeah. to the behavioral health unit that I called home for 37 days. My in-law, like it just doesn't. Yeah. That's awesome. It doesn't, it's all come full circle in a way that I could never, ever, I don't know who to th- like every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, wait, should I thank my parents? Should I thank coach Deb. Should I thank Billy? Should I thank my kids? Like I just feel so insane. Yeah. But people blessed. who love you are always going to be there for you. Yeah. And, and, and what I try to hang my hat on is, if somebody else was in my shoes, I would have been the first one there too. Last question I had for you, and with all you don't you don't have to answer it. Yeah. But what what did you think of the Royce White stuff? You know, it was at an era and at a time that I didn't understand enough about uh, mental health. That's a good answer. I, but I'm glad I, you so answered I, that. I totally agree with you. Yeah, go ahead. Like I don't want to say. I just didn't know enough about it. Mm-hmm. I still don't know a ton about it. I know more than probably the average person because of my experiences. Um, I'd like to say I have respect for him for being ahead of the times. Um, but I still, I don't even, I couldn't tell you what his condition is. I couldn't tell you what his biggest challenge, um, you know, that he faced. I knew there was a flying issue. Um, but I, I certainly don't, I don't know... I just don't know enough about. Yeah, no, his, I get it. You know, and like I've the had issues good, he's had with the NBA or the issues he's yeah. had with the Canadian team. He, and, he and I did a really good podcast. I thought a couple 
couple years ago where we got confrontational with one another. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like it it was good. It was out of respect. Sure. Like, because Royce and I are like, we we still keep in touch. We'll text to this day. Um, I, um, the only reason I asked you is it's because I think Royce had really great intentions on what he was trying to do. I think the message was lost somewhere and I didn't know. Um, yeah, whatever. It, it, it really doesn't matter, but I know we have a lot of Iowa State fans who'll probably listen to this, so that, that's the only reason I... Him and I have communicated a little bit, not very much. Yeah, I wish um, Royce could have made it in the NBA Yeah, and then gone really all in on that. And, that, and that's kind of messed up to even say that. Yeah. You shouldn't have to be an NBA player to... But we've seen it from other NBA players like Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. Yep. Yeah who are established and then they come out with everything in it. Kind of like what you've done. You're a very established figure in central Iowa and you've told your story and it's resonated, right? Yeah. Well, in the NBA world, Royce wasn't very, he wasn't established. Sure. And he comes out and does all this stuff. And, and I think he had really great intentions and it just never unfortunately caught on. And now all these other guys are doing it and it doesn't matter like who's first. Sure. But Royce is like our guy yeah. at Iowa State, so that that's why I didn't know if you guys had had a run-in or if we've, you talked. Or- we've communicated very briefly. Um, he's been somebody who I'd like to reach out to, you know, when the book is closer to being done. Because here's the other thing with mental health. It's hard to tell your story. Yeah, like, because, it really is. Because it's not like I can just say, well, you know, I had cancer and my hair fell out and this is my chemo treatment. You know, mental health encompasses so much of who we are, what we've been through, the interactions we've had, the challenges, the obstacles, the ups, the downs. So for me to tell Royce White my story, I really didn't think I could do it justice until the book was done or the book is done. You know, so I can say, hey, you got a couple free weeks, read this. And then let me know what's a way for us to partner. And a couple weeks. Cool. I'll read that in a couple of days. I like that out of you. Let me know when you want to do the book tour. <laughs> Way in. Way in. I know a lot of like small market media guys. I like it. <laughs> I like I'm not. I. You think we're kidding right uh, now. No, I'll help you. I know you will. I appreciate you. I, uh, I celebrate champion everything you're doing. And I'm really proud of you. Like this is not... Um, for the faint of heart to talk about or uh, well that's why I wanted you to, to come on to discuss so thank you I'm glad you did it I appreciate that well um we're signing off it it's 12:04 a.m. on February 26th we've got a game today let's beat the wildcats we got to go beat the wildcats my daughter Cameron um she's sad that that I was gone tonight until I told her where I was at she likes Bramlage. She hates the Kansas State Wildcat. It's it's freaky. She thinks it is the most terrifying creature in the world. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Big 12 has some of the nastier looking. Horned frog? Oh, just. Wildcat? You know who the worst was? <laughs> the mountaineer? Was no. This is <laughs> back the in the day. That guy with the giant beard? No, because we've talked about it. You know my affinity for the song, West Virginia. 
Oh yeah, you for, love uh, John Denver's. You you call the West Virginia games just so you can witness that every year. <laughs> I know. I love the song. Um, that that Husker. Yeah, Herbie the Husker oh, is terrible. Herbie used to give me nightmares. He's terrible. Thank now you. I don't have nightmares. I just pop my pills and go to bed. <laughs> That's good. Rock on, mental health. Thank you for staying up with me, though. Yeah. I appreciate it. This is this has been a really good like first episode. I think. Wonderful. I hope readers or not readers, listeners, chime in with some feedback. And you do um, give yourself a plug. Your public, you do speaking all over the yep area, right? Speaking all over the area. Area. Um, I go to other states as well. So if you got people listening in other states, um, I'm sure we do. Typically, organizations, businesses, teams uh, will contract me, hire me to come in and. Uh, give up hopefully a powerful and inspirational message on mental health that centers around hope and healing. And I do basketball lessons. I run George Niang's golf camp and golf outing. Uh, it's always a good time. I do women's basketball game. It is a good time. It's going to be great this year. Uh, super excited. Friendship arc Monday, July 27th. Um, so that'll be cool. And then, um, uh, yeah, I'm active on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. If you find me there and want to chime in or have questions, I'll, happily respond to any of those as well with this. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. She is Lindsay Finley, the uh, lovely and talented. I call her Metters. That's, That's fine. Billy still calls me Metters. She'll so. be Metters to me forever. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody.